Welcome to the Scott Harness Podcast. Well, hey, how are you guys? Man, we are glad you have decided to join us today. Today, we're going to be talking about something uh, that's controversial. Um, we're going to be talking about gender. We're going to be talking about what the Bible says about that. You know, um, as always, when we're in one of these conversations, um, we love to have an audience that's constantly growing. And so for you to, to join us is great. We'd love for you to like this video. Click like on it. If you desire to, to continue to get, you know, content from, from what we're doing, you want to know when, when a video is going to be dropped, you can click the bell. Um, you can, you can uh, also subscribe. And, uh, and that'll help us kind of uh, continue to grow our audience as we go forward. You know, I want to say this, and I want to give a disclaimer before we jump into this. First of all, um, this is not a scientific uh, community trying to have a discussion about gender. That's not what we're trying to portray ourselves as being. Um, we, we are part of a church. We are spiritual, and we believe in the Word of God. But I do believe that it's really important for us to protect the opportunity to have a conversation about gender and talk about, we're going to talk specifically about transgender and how does that affect and us. And how does God's, what does God's word have to say about that? And you're, you're going to be surprised maybe at what God's word does say about that. And I think you're going to discover that as we go forward. Um, but I want to say this more than anything else. You know, Jesus was for the marginalized. Jesus was for the community of people who were hurting and pain. Um, and he showed and demonstrated compassion towards them. At no point do we want to have ourselves put in a place where it seems as if we're not being compassionate. But having said that, God's word tells us that we need to, to teach the truth and we balance it with love. And that's what we're going to work really hard to do today is we want to talk about what does God's word say, the truth about gender and transgender. And, uh, and we're, we want to balance that with love. Um, one of the things that is for sure is that every single one of us has fallen short of God's goodness and glory, but he loves us and he, and he made us in his image. And we're going to talk about that today. And I'm hoping that out of this, you're going to get some good information for you to kind of put in your hip pocket to be able to carry around with you as we look at God's word about this. And in the room, let me just kind of walk you around and give you an idea of who all is in the room today. Um, first is Kendall Harness. Uh, Kendall is the uh, campus pastor of our, our Cabot campus. Church Cabot. And um, he's going to be sharing with us some, some, his in Insight, and, and he's done quite a bit of research, and we're gonna, you know, look at some some issues there. Also yeah. in the room is Karen Peeler. Hello. Um, Karen works in our counseling department. <laughs> Karen is a lay counselor, and uh, she and her husband both, uh, Lynn, are such a huge part of of uh, our counseling team here at that church. And we counsel dozens and dozens and dozens yeah. and dozens and dozens of people and families and individuals, and we help people walk through and walk out of some some difficulties in their life. So, so Karen's in here with us. Also, Brady Gill. Um, he is on the equipment, and moreover, Brady also is going to be throwing some logs on this fire as well as we talk about uh, gender and transgender. Um, all of us have um, desired to, to, uh, to, you know, to participate in this, and we've done our due diligence and kind of being prepared for the conversation. Yeah. So let's start off first with transgender because we're going to talk about gender, but we're really talking about transgender, and we're going to talk about the effects of that. Transgender in the <clears throat> LGBTQIA yes. uh, acrostic is the T. It's the yes. T in that. And so it's one of the larger groups in the LGBTQ uh, community. And uh, this community, by the way, makes up about 5% of the total population. Um, so so it's it's not a giant group of people, but we have a lot being said, and it's, it's making a big splash. So we want to talk about transgender in particular. Um, transgender by definition. What is transgender by definition, guys? Yeah, I got you. Uh, and this is from Oxford Language Dictionary. Uh, this as transgender is denoting or relating to a person whose sense of personal identity and gender does not correspond with their birth sex. 
So, so that's what transgender is. So, so in essence, transgender has said that your gender and your biological sex um, are not, um, they don't co- necessarily correspond. Correct. So basically what they're saying is that as a, so I was born a male, uh, I have male body parts, I have male chromosomes, I have a male, there's a lot of things that differentiate me as a male, a, a male, but that doesn't necessarily by that definition, determine my gender, that that's my sex. So that's the organs that I have, the, the attributes that I have, the chromosomes that I have are determiners of my sex. But what transgender is saying is that my gender though is not determined by those things. So I can have all the male things, that's my sex, but my gender is maybe female. If I, if I desire to be uh, considered female, if maybe I, I feel myself more feminine than I am masculine. That's not to mean that there can't be feminine males and masculine females, but I think what the argument is, is more so that from the transgender side of things, and again, this is not coming from like a perfect understanding, but just I've listened to a lot of people make this argument. And, I, and what they're basically saying is, is that people are born with a sex and it is determined, um, whether that be male or female, but then they get a chance to choose their gender, how they basically feel about that sex. Once they make that choice there's that's gender identity. And then what they do from there is they do what's called gender expression, which is how I express what I feel at that point. Mm -hmm. So I'm born with one thing. Then I have a feeling of another thing that I'm like, I, I feel something different than what I am, which would make me transgender then from there i have an expression so there are people who believe that they don't identify with their you know god-given sex when they're born yet don't express that um they they suppress it maybe or whatever um and then from there there's another group of people that in that they have a god-given sex they disagree with it and feel as though their gender is something different and then from there they express that in that way whether that be through dressing as a man dressing as a woman all hormone therapies all different things like that that they could go into after that and that's sort of the the basis of of not the argument but more so the basis of that thought and i think it's important because and Karen and I were talking about this before is that when you talk about transgender and things, the movement sort of thrives in ambiguity. So you have all these statements and these words and terms that are thrown out and you're like, well, does transgender mean you acted upon those feelings or is that transsexual? And, and then, and then what's a transsexual is that, or is that a transgender and who is, who is who? And, and, and there's a lot of new terminology. It's just kind of being thrown out there. And then you're seen as kind of the bad guy. If you don't understand this terminology or you don't use it properly. And I think in that it creates a really dangerous place because a lot of people really don't understand. A lot of this is really, new and when you talk about these but that's why i think going through and and defining these terms is really really important speaking of which when 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 did we see first see the even the term transgender when did we see that come into existence when did we start having this conversation i know that simone de bolivar uh 1948 is the first time that we really started diving into these gender studies uh and things like that in in a paper that he or uh, she published in 1948 um depending on so this conversation is new i think that's one of the things that we we need to understand this is a pretty new 
the, the construct of, of gender being separated from sexuality or your sex rather, um, that's a fairly new conversation. And so, so everybody's trying to get their brain wrapped around what's being said in this, um, on the secular level. But then I think also for those of us who are, who are followers of Jesus, who believe that the Bible is true, you know, I think we're at a place where we're going, but what does God say? And what does God's word say? Yeah. Karen, we were talking earlier and, and I think one of the things that you brought up was really good because you have a lot of experiences working with people directly, whether they, uh, they themselves are having struggles or they're having struggles with their kids. And, and you were, you were sharing some stuff that I thought was really good for everybody to hear. Yeah. I think anytime this is brought into a counseling session for biblical guidance, when a parent is struggling, uh, with a child, it's important to remember that we react to that or interact with that with compassion and love and understanding to hear their story, to see where they are in their life and then give them the truth in God's word, help them to understand what God says about gender from a Christian worldview and identity is so, so important. So when we interact, it's always from compassion and love, but also the truth of God's word. Sure, sure. And that's so important. And I think that's a big deal right now is that I think that dealing and, and working with one another, and I think even one of the reasons why we're having this conversation is we want to protect the right um, to have the conversation. Sure. Um, I think yeah. it's hugely important that as we talk about gender and we talk about how it relates to the Bible, we need to hear that. You need mm-hmm. to hear what God's word has to say. You're going to hear a lot of other things out there. And, and we're not in the business of saying no one's allowed to say anything else, but this, what we're saying is, is that in the same way that the conversation has other voices speaking into it, yeah. the, the Christian community needs to be speaking into some of these conversations. Well, you got to protect. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, that's the art of protecting the right for everyone. That that's why it's, it's so important and again, this gets murky between a a religious conversation and a political conversation, but at the same time, the reason why religion was so important early on in America's history and things like that is that they were moving away from a, a community that was oppressing their ability to speak. So the reason we left England is because Christianity was no longer freely to be expressed. And when you've got this particular issue going on, there's people trying to silence the other side on both sides. And I think that's a a huge mistake is that, Hey, we should be able to sit down and have civil discourse and, and civil disagreements and neither side trying to be silencing the other side. Now there's gotta be fact at some point and truth. And I think that that's, that's gotta be held above all else that it's like, it's gotta be fact and true. But at the same time, there needs to be able to be a, uh, opportunity for conversation right now in the world and in the media and on social media, there is none of that. There is no way to have a civil conversation or even a back and forth thing. If you don't agree with a particular narrative, you're out. And that's the part that's really difficult. Well, and I think too, I think one of the biggest issues that that is important to us and we just have to understand is that not everybody's going to agree with us. That's okay. Yeah. And, and, uh, and we don't have to agree with everybody else. That's also true. I think first and foremost for us though, is that we hold the word of God is true. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that's going to be the foundation for the whole conversation. And so what we want to do today is let's look into what does the Bible say, you know, specifically about gender. Um, first, let me just say this. I don't, and I'm unaware and I'm going to yield to anybody in the room that's heard or seen. I can't find anywhere in scripture where scripture ever separates gender and sex from the two. They're always spoken yep. of as one unifying thing. Um, and our world doesn't separate those either. I mean, really, to be honest, it's, it's just not separated in, in any of our constructs. Up until now, there's an argument for it to be separated, but it's not in anywhere else that in any documents, legal documents, birth certificates, it's just not separated. But 
now there's a growing movement to have it separated, and there are some places that are playing ball that way. So as far as the Bible's concerned, um, our gender and and our sex are the same. Yep. They're, they're one. one. They're unified. Now, here's what the Bible does have to say about genders, because today, not only do we have... Um, this, you know, gender discussion, but you've got such a myriad of different various new genders. Yeah. You know, we have genders now that um, you have gender fluid, you have, yep. you know, it's no longer, they'll say it's no longer binary. That's the word you hear when you know, it's, which is binary is zero or one. Um, it's either, it's one or the other. Uh, it says well, that gender can't be one or the other according to, to, the, to the arguments that we're hearing. And so there's, there's this incredibly complex layered idea that now whatever we come up with, it's something, but let's go back to the truth. Let's just go back to the truth and let's hear what God's word has to say. And let's just see what, what the Bible. And again, when I say truth for us, this is the truth. This is what we believe. This is what we trust. This is what we understand. This is what we lean into, but it's also God's word. So it's not our truth. It is the truth. That's right. Yeah. It's what we hold as truth as well. So, so, um, so Genesis um, chapter five, verses one and two says, this is written, the written account of descendants of Adam. When God created human beings, he made them to be like himself. He created them male and female, and he blessed them and called them human. And so that's one of the accounts. Now, if you go back to Genesis chapter one and verse 27, it says, so God created human beings in his own image, the image of God. He created them male and female he created them. And so what the Bible tells us is, is that number one is that human beings unique of all other creation was created in the image of God. And the image of God is fully revealed through male and female. You know, one of the, our commandments is that we're not to create a graven image of God. God forbids us from creating a, a any type of graven image. In other words, uh, we can't create or craft a um, an artifact or, or a sculpture or anything that's supposed to represent God. And one of the reasons why that we don't do that is because God has created an image of himself for himself, and he's done that through humanity. Um, human beings are in the image of God. And specifically, the Bible says that image of God is found in both male and female. It's the unity of those two. It's the it's the unity uniqueness of those two and the unique dynamics of a man and a woman, it's in both of those that contains the image of God. And so one of the reasons why that we believe that we're seeing so much of a, a, of a confrontation of this is because this is, this is going to confront the image of God. You know, we're, we're confronting the image of God. And if we can confuse the image of God, um, then we can confuse a whole bunch of other things and people go through life incredibly, incredibly confused. So, um, you know, and I have heard people say that, you know, the image of God is actually a, you know, talking about the authority we have. And, and I, I would agree with that. Genesis 1, 26 and 27 talks about the authority that's given. But if you look further in scripture, um, I'll give you an example. James chapter three and verse nine, it says, um, with it, we bless our Lord, our father. And with it, we curse the people who are made in the likeness of God. Yeah. And, you know, it's not just talking about authority. It's talking about there's some unique attributes that we hold that God made us in his image. That makes us precious, makes us valuable. Yeah. You know, so as a follower of Jesus, as even we're having these arguments and debates with someone else, first of all, you have to understand all people were made in the image mm. of God, That's right. That's right. whether they're believers or unbelievers, yeah. whether they're, they're part of the LGBT community or they're part of the Christian community, all people so have been important. made in the image of God. And so respect is so important. It's really important. But one of the greatest ways that we respect and love people is we give them truth yeah. and we don't give them truth out of anger or resentment or bitterness. And we don't look at somebody and say, well, they're, they're less than I am. No, no, we are made in all 
made in the image of God, and God gave his life for us. So that value is established as the baseline for any conversation that we're going to have in this. So, so let's talk a little bit more. Let's talk a little bit more about gender. What am I, what am I missing? What, what do we need to, what do we need to be talking about? What do we need to hear as we're, as we're walking into this conversation? What are things that you guys feel like is that, that really need to be a part of this discussion? I mean, for me, and then we can pop to everybody, but for me, when I started studying this subject, I just started pulling research and materials and I looked at scripture, but then I looked at just scientific studies. Like what, what do we have? What information do we have on transgenderism? If that's the case, what, what is the, what are the information do we have? What studies do we have? What's available? Um, when it comes to, for instance, like an argument, like smoking cigarettes, we have millions of studies, a myriad of different studies and, and different things like that on smoking cigarettes, the effects, the long-term effects, the short-term effects, all those things. I'll say this, and I think this is important to note. There's just not very much research on this subject. There's just not very much. I mean, there's just a few studies. And one of the studies is the cohort study. It was 1973 to 2003. It was done in Sweden. Uh, And I do want to cite their conclusion to that study. Basically, what they were doing was, is they tracked um, people who had transgender surgery. So they did go fully transsexual. They had changed genders. They tracked them for 30 years. And they tracked that group of people. And this was their this was their conclusion. It says, uh, and this is real quick. It says this, again, this is the cohort study. You can look this up online. It was done in Sweden, 73 to 2003. This is what it says. It says, this study found substantially higher rates of overall mortality, um, mortality, death from cardiovascular disease, suicide, suicide attempts, and psychiatric hospitalizations in sex reassigned transsexuals or transsexual individuals compared to a healthy control population. This highlights that post-surgical transsexuals are a high-risk group and need long-term psychiatric and somatic follow-up. Um, even though surgery and hormonal therapy alleviates gender dysphoria, it is apparently not sufficient to remedy the high rates of morbidity and mortality found among transsexual persons. Improved care for transsexual groups after the sexual reassignment should therefore be considered. That's their final conclusion. That's the final statement of this study. And I just sit there and I go, man, this means that there's a high-risk group of people who are making a decision that is life altering, life changing. They're in trouble. They're afraid. And this study states they have a 41% suicide rate, 41% after we're talking about after surgery, after all these things, 41% of, of, of transgenders commit suicide. And I go, man, I think that no matter what side of the aisle you fall on or what argument you want to pose or, or which way you lean or what it does, it doesn't matter. That is shocking. And it should make everyone sit back and go, wait a minute, what are we doing? Let's talk this through for a second. If people go through this and they suffer from all these different things, psychopathy and all this stuff they've got to deal with. And then from there, at the end of that, 41% of them go ahead and take their own life, even after HRT, even after all these different things. That should make you stop, no matter, and at least re-examine and go, let's get some more research on this. I mean, we've got, what, four or five studies maybe that are actually somewhat legitimate, and even those studies were called out by major researchers saying, hey, this stuff is flawed from the beginning. Even this study was pulled, and they were like, hey, man, this is not exactly how this works. It's really hard to track a group of people when you have 41% of them that die, all these different things. I think the biggest thing that, that for me was a huge check just in my own person outside of the truth portion, which is that, Hey, you know, God speaks against this particular thing. Even outside of that, if 41% of a group of people are dying, 
That's messing me up. Like, well, it's not just taking their own lives. Yeah, I mean, why do we feel like that the suicide, because I know the argument, I know the argument that's being made, but why do, why are, why are, the, why is the suicide rate higher among transgender? Oh, the studies that I've read and the things that I've looked at don't actually make any actual argument towards that. But I will personally looking at the information, looking at those things, the argument that's being made is that basically that transgender people and transsexual people who make these decisions are oppressed. And I think that I, I get what they're saying there. I'm like, okay, I, I sort of can get with that. I sort they're, of understand. They're saying they're not, they're saying, so they're saying that, the, the, and I've heard this too, is that the, the argument is, is that they're not being received and accepted. Right. People aren't going along with it. Correct. Now, so let's, let's push pause before we go deeper into that. And let's, let's ask this question. So, or let's, let's paint a picture. So what we're saying is, is we're saying that, um, if, if we're dealing with transgender, um, we're saying that if we don't, if the community, because the community doesn't necessarily all go along with it, that's, what's creating this high suicide rate is that that we're not endorsing or embracing, you know, their ideas, um, but man, you could use that in a lot of different areas, yeah. you know, of, of, yeah. you know, if you don't believe, if you don't believe that, that, that changing your gender uh, or changing your sex is a good idea. And if you don't go along with that or, or believe that, that, that your gender dysphoria is actually um, a good thing. And if you don't go along with that, then they're going to kill themselves. That's a tough, that's a tough pill to swallow, especially when you look at other oppressed groups and science, yeah. you know, I mean, obviously we've got studies and statistics on it, but, but there's certainly, um, there's certainly people that have been oppressed, yeah. you know, that you can look at their st- st- statistics and you don't see the suicide rate well, near the, at that level. Well, the, the problem that you run into is that when, when you say it, it, it is directly due to oppression, does that mean that no transgender person has ever killed themselves due to being made fun of or whatever? No, I think there's absolutely, that's happened before. I absolutely could see, could get with that. I could see that. The problem that you run into is really two things for me is that one, it's like, well, it's all oppression. It's like, that would make perfect sense if the rate of people going back on this decision was super, super low. The problem is that there's a lot of people who after an extended period of time, which is why most of our studies are super short after an extended period of time, 10 years or more, a large percentage of these transgender people go back on the decision and they get out of hormone therapy and they're trying to reverse it and they're doing reversal surgeries and they're doing all these things. And you're like, wait a minute, why are they going back? If this is who they are, this is what they did, this blah, 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 then why are we going back? What's the, what, what's the going back part? So that's a problem for me. So I, I can't believe that it's only an oppression piece or whatever. The other thing is that a, a transgender woman won woman of the year two years ago. It's hard for me to believe that a, a super oppressed group is winning woman of the year at a, a national award, um, you know, and, and that's a transgender person, uh, Caitlyn Jenner. And so it's like, it's crazy if that's that piece. The other thing is that you sit there and you go, okay, let's look at oppressed groups for a second. Let's talk about some, some groups that would have been oppressed in our past. Let's talk about um, the black community. They were oppressed during, I would say all of us would agree during segregation and different things like that. Years ago, oppression was very, very deep. And right now country's going through a lot of stuff because of that thing that happened back then. And some of the stuff's even happened now, but you sit there and you go, the black community, their, their suicide rate's not anywhere near 41%. You're like, even during the height of oppression, even though the height of segregation, not 41%. So we're saying that transgender individuals are more oppressed than black people were during the, during segregation. Well, let's let's ask this question so that we can start thinking through where people can kind of track us on this. So, so why, why do we find uh, such high level of depression? Yeah. You think in the, in the, in the, um, among people who are struggling with this, Karen, what do you think? 
Well, I think to generalize, you know, is is a, a dangerous perspective sure, at absolutely. times because there's so many different stories and so sure. many things that people go through. But I definitely believe that there is oppression and absolutely. there is bias in our world that people there's microaggressions that people deal with every single day. Sure. So as as a follower of Jesus, I want to be a safe place for people to come and have a conversation. Sure. And the focus in these situations is, you know, you have uh, someone who's struggling. Where can they get the help they need? Where can they go to find uh, a safe place to have those conversations? Ask their questions uh, about God's word. Sure. And then make an, an informed decision. I think I agree with what you said earlier that. Sometimes we find ourselves in a place where we can't have conversations anymore. Absolutely. We can't talk about these subjects. Yeah. Because there uh, is this force wanting us to make one choice or the other. When the truth is, is that each individual person has to choose the direction they go in their life. And we're each responsible for that. But we don't all have to be. The, the same, we don't have to force the same, but we do have to hold fast to the gospel Absolutely. because we're followers sure. of Jesus. We do have to communicate the truth and give the information that people need to make that informed decision. Well, and, and with that, I think, I think you have to sit there and you have to go, you know, like that. It's this move of compassion that says mm-hmm. there's a group of people that are suffering. They're hurting. Yes. And we're saying, well, it's oppression. It's part of that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's absolutely part of it. But more than that. You got a group of people that are taking their own lives. They're suffering from, they're on all kinds of antidepressants. They're having to go through all these things. And no matter if they were transgender or not, that should hurt your heart as a human being. Let's not not just pull the whole Christian. We're Christians Mm -hmm. and Christians care about everything. Everybody thinks I'm a human being. And if you're a human being struggling with, you're on antidepressants, you're thinking about taking your own life. I don't care if you're transgender or not, dude, we need to help. Like, Mm -hmm. what can we do to, to make this, you know? better. Well, and I think, and I agree, I think when you look at the word of God, though, what we, what we have though, is we have God establishing very concrete understanding of, of gender mm-hmm. and sexuality. Absolutely. And he does that in relationships. He does that within ourselves and on purpose and on purpose. That's yeah. true. And I think the, the moment we operate outside of that, now that doesn't mean that these, that people are not legitimately having these feelings that doesn't, Mm -hmm. we're not discounting here and we're certainly not minimizing anything. And I think Karen, I made a good point is that when you generalize what brought someone to a place that they're at to struggle with their sexual identity or whatever that there is a myriad of of variables that go to that. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I personally have counseled with people that they, they, their parents experienced a brutal, horrible divorce and they were afraid you know, of, of, a, of a normal heterosexual relationship. They were concerned about that. I've seen other people where um, one of their parents was super dominant and abusive and that created a struggle. Others, you know, they're born and they've just got this, there's a propensity that they have. You know, I think one of the things we can't discount, and, and I'm going to use a word and, and this word's going to seem harsh, but, but we're all affected by sin. Every single one Absolutely. of us, sin entered our world yep. and, and it scrambled our eggs mm-hmm. to be quite yeah. honest with you. We, we, there's not a single fiber of anything that we are. That's not affected by sin. Sin brings confusion. Yeah. Yep. Sin brings deceit. Sin brings, um, destruction. It, it's separation. It's separation Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and so sin is constantly literally tearing at the, the fabric of who we are. We, we have a couple of choices with sin. We can surrender to it and we can pursue it in hopes that it's going to fulfill what we desire. Or we can look at sin and confront it and confess it 
and Good. repent of it and turn to God and ask mm-hmm. him for healing and to bring healing into our life. And I think that's where we are with this, with the, the transgender issue is, is that you really have one of two choices, either a, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to err on the side of the solution. Like you talked about Kendall, the solutions that are, that are being given by secular community that says, Hey, mm-hmm. if you don't feel right inside, then let's change everything on the outside. And if we change everything on the outside, you're going to feel great, but we're finding that yeah. you're not feeling great. You're not, no, it's um, not fixing it. No. And That's it's right. not repairing. Or what I can do is, is I can put my life in, in the hands of an almighty God. And I can understand that maybe the discomfort that I'm feeling in this circumstance that I'm in is because God's trying to bring about change mm-hmm. because pain is God's great tool. Um, he uses pain to, to change us and transform us and to turn us from where we're going. And so I think sometimes we look for medication and I don't mean literally medication, but we look for a way of medicating the way we feel so that um, we feel better about where we are when God really wants us to change where we are in the direction we're going in. That's good. Um, good. You know, and the Bible says God's goodness should lead to repentance. And so, so God has this desire to bring about change. So I would say this to the person who's struggling. Um, I would say to you, this is that we're not discounting the struggle. No, that you have. We're not, not, we're not discounting yeah. the feelings not. you have, yeah. but here's what we are going to say. Mm-hmm. We are going to discount the pattern that the world is going to give That's you as right. an answer. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. That answer, that answer, is seldom, if ever, mm-hmm. um, work, finds itself in a place and puts you in a place where healing, real healing and hope yeah. can come from. That only comes from God. Um, and so, you know, uh, as much as the world wants to confuse you with terminology and, oh, my gosh, this thing is sure. complicated. I mean, we've studied yeah. a bunch to just yeah. to try to get our brain wrapped around it. God is much more simplistic, but mm-hmm. but here's the reality. God is that healing, hope, and answer. Yep. Um, and that's what we need ultimately, you know, as much or more than anything else. What's a what's another something we need to jump onto? What's another factor we need to discuss? Is there what are we missing um, when we talk about transgender and we talk about gender and what does God's word say and what what should we be thinking about? And what maybe the people that are that are tuned in watching, what are what are some things they should think about? Because I don't think there's anybody here, you know, maybe you yourself don't struggle with it. And that makes it really hard for us to get into the mindset sure. of understanding too. Yeah, you yeah, know, absolutely. Um, I haven't had a transgender struggle. No, you know, I don't know absolutely that no, struggle. Yeah, yeah. But I do know people that have. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and that yeah. that's heartbreaking. You yeah, know, yeah. because I think one of the problems that we have is we've made sexuality and gender an identity issue. Yeah, and that's affected our conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, our conversation now is different. I can't say, hey, um, you know, Brady, you need to, you know. Really, you got to make a change. When I say repentance, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of, a, it almost feels like you're being um, maybe insensitive and demeaning when you say you yeah. need to repent of this because we see it as a lifestyle. God's word paints it as a lifestyle, but they go, no, that's who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you know, you're asking, yeah. You're, yeah. you're confronting me, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that makes it where this conversation is hard. Or there's now the unfortunate part is that because this is so politicized, uh, oh, it's so yeah. political mm-hmm. now, it is. that we can't even have a discussion about something that is personal without it becoming political. And you're yeah. like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. This does not paint me on a political side or non-political. It's like, yeah. no, you you believe that. Well, well, if you believe that, now you believe this laundry list of other things that this particular side or this particular group believe. You're like, whoa, whoa, we're just trying to talk about this issue where people are are feeling horrible and they're losing their lives and things like that, or they're they're taking their lives and things like that. And we can't even talk about that without that becoming this jumbo political issue where now we're talking about like what I believe about you know voter suppression mm-hmm. like what what yeah. does that have to do with this that has yeah. nothing to do but i'll tell you what that is though that is throwing something in the way so that we can never really get to the bottom yeah. of the issue it's it's as we begin to go at it and if you begin to look at facts and you begin to look at studies and you begin to look at the science and then you also look at god's word you look at all those things it's very clear it's spelled out 
what the truth is. And I don't mm-hmm. think people, I don't think people, even people who are in this struggle, I don't think they're confused on that part. I think the truth is there now feeling my feeling now is trying to be elevated to where it's truth, but ultimately people are, are not confused on truth. The issue that we're running into though, is that they're not confused on the truth portion, but now what we're doing is we're throwing all the other arguments in the way so that we never actually get to the truth. We're like, oh, well, well, we're talking about this and we bring up a point about transgenderism. We bring about this 41% statistic. We bring all these different things. And then all of a sudden we're talking about, you know, poll taxes and rights at the polls. You're like, wait a second, what? That has nothing to do with the argument. But what it does is it's a distraction from the argument so that we never get to the bottom of it. We don't ever get to the truth about transgenderism because we're talking about something else political that somebody wanted to argue about. And like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And I think us getting to the bottom of, of help and hope. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Where, do we, yeah. where are we going to find, where are we going to find help and Definitely. hope? You know, one of the, one of the issues that stands out that I do believe is a distinct violation in scripture when it comes to this issue is, is that identity is is bestowed by god mm-hmm. yeah we believe yeah. that yeah. that god gives us our identity and Absolutely. i think one of the things that we where we get into trouble is when we we ourselves try to become our own god mm-hmm. and we want to give identity to ourselves you know and we take that out of god's hands god's the only one that can that can make us and he's yeah. the only one that can create us and he's the only one that can remake us mm-hmm. you know we are a new creation in christ as a believer we believe god changed our identity and and my identity right now if you said scott what's your identity uh, my primary identity is i'm a follower of jesus mm-hmm. you know um that's my number one identity now behind that i'm a man you know, yeah, and yeah. god established both of those mm-hmm. you know both of those were established by him not by me but by god um, now there are there times when I don't feel like a Christian? Are there times when I don't want to be a Christian? Are there times that I don't really necessarily want to do what God wants me to do? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah d- certainly. Are there times that I want to go in a sinful direction when God wants me to go in a holy direction? Absolutely. And you know, I've got a choice either a, I can say, well, you know what? God's wrong and I'm right. And I'm going to go the way I want to go. And I'm going to alter the circumstances. Or I can say, God's right. Mm. I need to repent regardless of how I feel. The Bible says the heart is deceptive above all, th- above all things yeah. and cannot be trusted. So, so my heart sometimes takes me down the wrong road yeah. and I can't trust that heart. I have to trust what's God, what's truth, you know, yeah. and God is the only one that can establish my identity. In, in other words, you know, if, if we're, if we're non-binary in our sexuality, at what point do we, at what point are we binary? Yeah. You know, so yep. I can't change my species. I mean, what if I said I'm a horse and yeah. I feel like I'm in a horse, you, you know, you would, you know, I would say, I would think if I really believe that and I'm out there galloping around in a field, you know, as a horse, and I'm not trying to make a lot of anything. I'm just, just saying y- you would see someone going, man, he needs some, some counseling, he sure, needs some sure. help. He, he needs some, yep. there's a chemical thing going on or something's going on. You know, you wouldn't say, Hey, let's go along with this. Well, and it's the, it's the issue of, and then there's this, this, again, there's this piece of the argument that says, well, you're not hurting anyone out in the field. I thinking you're a horse, like you just. It's just you, you're just, you know, you're, you think that, but, but it's not hurting anyone else. So go out there and have fun in the field, you know, have fun, do it. Um, and, and I think that makes sense up until we start making societal changes on these things. For instance, when we're talking about legislation or whatever else, those types of things become an issue. The other thing is this is again, it's not an issue for you to be out there pretending to be a horse, but if at some point 
a year later, you have to get on antidepressant meds, and then you think you're 81%. Start thinking about taking your life at 81% of people. Start thinking about taking their life because they're pretending to be a horse. All of a sudden, it's like, wait a second. Maybe letting people pretend they're a horse in a field is not the best of ideas for them. It's not really a concern for society anymore. It's a concern for that group of people that <laughs> pretend to be a horse. And let me say, I'm not trying to compare, you know, I'm not trying to compare the two, but no, I'm just no, saying no, that at, I'm just no. saying at what point, at what point, what is concrete and what is, what is up for discussion? What, what at what point do we say, okay, cause up to this point, all of human history, um, there, this is the first time in human history that we've said men are not actually men. Women are not actually yep. women. Um, and that's the first time we've really op- unpacked this. And this is really, really new. This is really recent yeah. stuff. And they would say, well, yeah. no, it's always been around. Not true. This is this is a brand new construct that we've come up with. You know, it really didn't even take flight until the 80s and 90s with um, what was her name? Judith Butler. So, I mean, it's really it's a while away. So I think I think what we need to shift gears and jump into, though, is is where do we find where are we going to find our hope and what where are we going to where are we going to where are we going to find help? Yeah. Um, with with what's going on. I know this. I, I just I'll give you an example. I have a let's just say I have a friend, um, real close friend of mine, and that that friend of mine is struggling um, with their sexual identity. What what kind of counsel, what advice, what advice do I need to give that person? What do I need to say to that person? Um, what direction would I give them? Yeah, I think before when we talked about, you know, just with compassion and kindness, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times in the Christian world, we assume people know things that they yeah, don't. That's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> so we should always have that teaching spirit, that gentle spirit that pleases the Lord to just listen and then respond with truth and, you know, walk the hard road with them. Yeah. Uh, Christians in our culture today, there is a lot of pressure to conform. To what the norm is. So we have to have a mindset that we're more concerned about pleasing God than we are pleasing people. That's good. And if God's word is true, then his word is true. That's right. And in our homes, we teach the truth about identity. Uh, We're a safe place for our children to have those conversations because they go out into that culture every single day. So we don't want to teach them that it's a a taboo subject and that they should respond with hate. Or judgment. What we sure. want to teach them is that God had hard conversations when he was fully man on this earth yeah. sure. with yeah. people. He had the hard conversations. He offered grace and forgiveness. And then he kept teaching the gospel. So our focus is always what pleases the Lord. And I think sometimes we get wrapped up in culture with wanting to feel like we're making a good choice. Sure. And the truth is, is that choosing God does not always feel good because we're confronting our flesh and we're confronting uh, the norms of the world. We're living like Jesus in a culture that is controlled by sin. Yeah. So there has to be that determination to say as a parent or a friend, this is God's word. This is my belief. And if you are also a follower of Jesus, then this is what God's word says about this subject. I think for me, it's like, you know, it's life is intrinsically valuable to me, which means that there's nothing you could ever do or be or or whatever that would make me feel like your life is no longer valuable, mm, that your right. life no longer has value. So that's why when we talk about abortion, I'm, I am pro, uh, not pro choice. I, I am uh, for the baby pro life. Sorry. Yeah. I just couldn't think of was blanking, but yeah. uh, it's pro life. And, and the reason why is because man, every life is intrinsically valuable. Every yeah. single one of them, whether you're, and it doesn't matter what your qualifier is. It doesn't matter if you're, sure. you know, on death row. It doesn't matter if you did something terrible. It doesn't, your life is valuable. Um, and so for me, that's, 
that's always the place that I think that got where God's heart is. Um, he cares about every single person. So when you're dealing with someone who is walking through something like this, which by the way, sexual sin is sexual sin. So Mm -hmm. I don't view somebody who's struggling with their gender identity any different than I would someone who is struggling with pornography. Um, it's a sexual sin regardless. Uh, so we're, we're, we got to deal with that in the same way. It wouldn't be like, Oh, I feel like this is worse. It's not worse. It's the same. Um, sin is the same and it does the same thing. Like you said earlier, it separates, it destroys whether that's telling a white lie or, or, or struggling with something like that. It doesn't matter. It's the same and it causes the same problems. Um, and so for me, it's almost things where when we're sitting down with someone who's trying to navigate this, if someone is willing to sit down and willing to talk, um, even if they don't necessarily agree, like they're just willing to at least hear both sides and, and us talk to it, that means God has given you an opportunity to really lead that person and guide them through yeah. um, this this kind of really tricky and confusing issue mm-hmm. because our culture, like I said, it thrives on ambiguity. They, they, yeah. they like it to be confusing um, and that makes it very difficult. And I think in sure. that, if you get the chance to sit down with someone and they're willing to talk, you are in a, an amazing place. Even if they don't necessarily agree, it gives us an incredible opportunity to show them God's word, show them God's love, build a relationship yeah. where they can trust you, uh, which is always my first move. If someone is willing to sit down, build a relationship of trust, you know, build, build trust with that person where they're like, That's Hey, good. this person's not going to be a, a, pain in my rear and come in and just assault me with all these mean things. That sure. Say, no matter how true they are, it doesn't matter. If it comes in and you're just mean, then that person's not going to listen. They're not going to want to hear. And I think in that, if we can build that trust at the same time being clear um, with clarity that I'm like, hey, this is what I believe, you know, that I believe that about this particular sin and these other sins, that's not against you as a person, but I do believe this way, being clear about those things at the same time being able to walk with that person through that, I think is a huge deal really with any sin, not just transgenderism, but yeah, yeah, with any sin, that's how Mm -hmm. I would walk through it with them. You don't, you don't want to come in with a a couple who's living together before marriage and just assault them with horrible words and call them names. You're like, no, they're, they're struggling. They need help getting through it. You're there as a guide to help them walk through this thing, to get to the other side, to ultimately be in a better place to find help and hope. And so I think that's the, that's the main thing with that one. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think one of the biggest issues that we we want to discuss, and I think as we look forward and as we look into God's Word, you know, one of the things that's a big issue is is that we talked about identity earlier, and identity yeah. is a core issue. We believe when you look at Scripture that we're made in the image of God. So to, to understand who I am, I have to first start with, with who God is. Mm, and once we put God in the center of, of, of our lives and that he is the ultimate shot caller in my life, he is the Lord. Uh, he's my savior. Um, he's my, he's my leader. Um, what he says, um, I pay attention to what he did. I make note of, um, the life that he's asked me to live. And so I think as a Christian, one of the key, um, things that make us different is that we're not trying to find ourselves. We're looking for him first. And so once I understand who God is, then, then out of that, I can begin to understand who I am, but who I am is defined by who he is. And so if we start with ourselves first and go, man, I need to know my identity. And that's this real 
huge pursuit we we see and it's not just in sexuality it could be in anything it could be in the the pursuit of of our health or fitness mm-hmm. it could be the pursuit of our career it could be the pursuit of relationships we start with ourselves and we put ourselves in the middle of the universe and uh, the problem with that is is when I'm the center of all that I'm going to focus on I'm never going to be fulfilled like I need to because only God can meet the needs that I, right. I have spiritually emotionally and otherwise and so for for as a Christian we put God in the middle and so God is God's the one he's mm-hmm. our Lord, he he's our, our, our leader and our boss, Good. in other words. And so he calls the, the shots in That's our good. life. And so when God's the subject and I understand who he is and I explore who he is, then God will help me understand who I am. Yes. But if I start with me and I go, what am I? I don't care how many, how, how, how differently you change the pieces of the puzzle or, or what identity, you know, moniker you put on it, you're never going to be fulfilled trying to focus on you. Your hope and your future is going to be focused on Christ first. And then out of what he said, you have to understand what you are because see, we've been affected by sin. Mm -hmm. Our our image has been marred, affected by sin. And so when that happens, we don't really have good clarity as Mm -hmm. to what's truth and what's the future looks like. And here's what's bad. You can put a whole room full of people together that aren't inspired by the spirit of God and aren't led by the word of God and the whole room can be confused. So just because there's a lot of voices speaking into something saying this is right and true doesn't mean that it's true. Um, Democracy is not necessarily the ultimate pursuit of truth as we've seen with jury trials. We've had plenty of trials where someone was put on death row. Later we found out they were innocent and the jury Mm -hmm. made a mistake. Volumes of people, volumes of voices doesn't necessarily lead to right. Right is right. God leads us to truth. And so God, number one, we need to know who he is, the identity of God. And God revealed himself exclusively and completely through Jesus. Mm -hmm. Then secondly, we need to know who we are as God defines us. And when we see that, will there be conflict? Absolutely. God's going to ask me to be and do things that I don't necessarily want to. But it's not about my feelings. It's about the faith that I have in him now. It's about the identity of who he is and how I trust what he has to say. And I think when we deal with sexual issues like this, especially sexual identity issues, it's no different than anything else. I'm either going to trust what I want, what That's I right. feel, and the direction I want to go with mm-hmm. my life, which, by the way, God gives you that right to do that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Freedom. Yeah. And freedom. Um, right. And by the way, um, oppression from the church, when you think about, you know, gosh, look at the, the people that have been oppressed. I've been in church my entire life. Um, I was in church as a little bitty kid. My mom took me to church. I was saved when I was seven years old. I've been a pastor for 25 years. I've been in hundreds of meetings and conversations, maybe thousands of meetings and conversations with church people. There's never, ever been a single time in the church that I can ever remember anyone ever saying, hey, let's, you know, get together and go beat up the transgender person or let's yeah, go, yeah. let's go persecute the gay guy or let's go burn down. I, I've been in more than a few conversations where we've said, hey, this person is in this lifestyle. How can we love them? Yeah. And how can we demonstrate yeah, our love towards absolutely. them? And how can we, how can we be a help? Yeah. Um, that's what I see. So um, because someone disagrees with you does not mean it's persecution. Absolutely. You know, right. it, it sure, may be the sure. most loving thing they could do. You for know? sure. The most loving thing. I told somebody a while back, I said, the guy that'll tell you that you got a booger hanging out your nose is probably your best friend. <laughs> you know, the person says your flies <laughs> down. I mean, that's the person who really cares <laughs> about true, you. You know true. what I'm saying? It's true. I mean, that's so, so this is, this is a compassionate, yeah, you know, absolutely. plea, yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, as we look at these things. So let me throw, let me throw something out there because we're getting close on time. So someone says, I'm struggling with my sexual identity, uh, my sexuality and sexual identity. What is your advice to them? And I'm just going to listen. <laughs> <laughs> 
they're struggling with it. Yeah, I'm struggling with my sexuality and my yeah. sexual identity. Mm-hmm. What would you tell them? What would be your advice to them? Yeah, I've, I've encountered this quite often, sure. uh, working with people and hearing their struggles and their temptations. You know, as Kendall said, uh, sexual sin, anything outside of God's design that draws us away yeah. is birthed from inside. Yeah. It's good. So it's a desire it's of good. the heart. It's a temptation. So, you know, discussing those things and helping them understand that sure. we do have an enemy in this world. Sure, sure. And he knows us very well. And if we're not aware, uh, more aware of the work of God within us yeah. than the world around us, we're going to fall into traps constantly. Because the culture we're in is enticing us to yeah. be like them. Yeah. So we want to be more aware of what God is doing in and through us than what the enemy is trying to lure oh, yeah. us into yeah. in the world. And especially if the person comes in and says, hey, I want free from this. Sure. You know, yeah. I, I need some tools to get past this, help me understand. Sure. So the first step, of course, is their personal relationship with God. Do you really believe that God is real? Do you really believe that his word is true? Do you really believe that he's working in and through you to perfect his will, what he has designed and purposed for your life? So that goes back to identity, solidifying their identity, and then helping them understand that we're not inviting God into our life. He invited us into a relationship right. with him. That's right. Yeah. So what I hear a lot in, um, in the conversations here recently is that people want to invite God into certain areas, but he can't have their whole life. Sure. Well, God already sent the invitation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you said yes. So yeah. now the next steps is to align your life with what his word says. And that's a lifelong process. You know, in your book, uh, More Than Happy, you talked a lot about that, how yeah. a, that relationship is a lifetime. So right. working through things can take some time and it's a process and that's okay. That's, that's right. okay. Because the grace of God, that's what it's there for. Oh, that's right. It's our intentional effort to partner with the work of God in our life by our actions. You know, faith without works is dead because we need to show the transformation power of God in our life. And that's the beauty of the gospel. When people come in, they ask their questions, they get equipped, and then the work of the Holy Spirit in their life, God brings the increase. Then people around them can see that, hey, this is a real thing. There is life change through the power of Jesus. That's right. That's good. Yeah, I I think for me, you know, I I had a guy message me the other day and he just said, man, Kendall, I'm struggling my faith. Like I'm just struggling my faith in God. And, uh, and he he just messaged me just, just a a place of, I felt like transparency, a a place of honesty and, and, and humbleness and humility to, to reach out and just say, man, I'm just struggling. Uh, you know, he'd, he'd had somebody in his family pass away and, and, uh, just was going through some things. He's like, man, I'm struggling. And, um, I would give him the exact same answer that I would give this person who's struggling with their sexuality is there's really three things that I recommend is number one, be in God's word and be in prayer every day, even if it's just for a few minutes. Yeah. Like mm. there's nothing that anyone can do better for you than God can. Like oh, that's God, good. God Amen. being, that's right. but good. when we shut him out yeah. and we don't pray and we don't read his word, mm. you, you're not giving him an opportunity to work in your life. That's and I believe good. there's a lot of people who are living in spiritual deficiency, not because they desire to be there, but more so because they've shut out the one voice that's good. that could really change mm-hmm. their lives. I mean, the one voice you've shut him completely out. Yeah. You're like, well, I don't hear God. Well, are you praying at all? Like, 
even just tell God what you need. Just yeah. do it every day. Yeah. Just say, Hey man, God, these are the things that are going on. Just mm-hmm. tell him, um, you know, like, well, he knows, well, yeah, but he wants you to tell him. And then the second thing is that when you're in his word, even if it's, it's just good. a verse, it's just the daily verse mm-hmm. every day on you version or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's the daily verse. Just be in God's word. Just let his word get in. Scripture says you release his word and it will not return void. Yeah. Get in the word just in it's some good. way, let it in. The second thing is be at church. Like yes, be community. at church. I, yeah. had, mm-hmm. I had a lady, I had a lady, no joke. And she's like, my daughter's struggling with her sexuality and she doesn't want to come to church because she's gone to a church before and been judged before. I said, that will never happen yeah, at that church. That's I said, right. yeah, will that's not right. happen right. here. I said, so mm-hmm. you can have my word. She can sit with me. Like yeah. it, it will not happen here ever. Um, and so, but be in church. Like the, the best thing, the church was not designed as a rescue place for the healthy. It was designed as a rescue society for the mm-hmm. sick. It is a place where we come together and I don't have to put on a fake mask and be this pastor guy, but I can just be Kindle and be screwed up. It's and good. It's just part of it. It's good. Um, and you got to take me as I am because Jesus did. So there's that. But <laughs> the deal is this, though, is that in in that be in church, be in church, be in church. The third thing is find somebody you can talk to and and vet that person. Make sure that it's someone who's going to give you Christian counsel, yeah. that, that it's going to matter. And that's why I recommend Miss Karen's counseling department all the time, because those people are people you can trust. They're people that care about you and they're people that care about God's word and know God's word. And when you sit down with one of them, you can talk to them. You can talk it out. They're someone you can trust. They're someone that's going to speak God's word to you. They're not just going to tell you what you want to hear. They're going to tell you what you need to hear. Sure. And if you do those three things, it's a big difference. I would tell that to someone who's struggling with their yeah. faith in God, has no transgender issue at all, not dealing with that mm-hmm. or someone who's dealing with, with their sexuality or transgenderism or whatever. They're like, Hey man, I'm struggling with this thing. That's the way you fix it. Th- those three things, do those three things. And it's I'm good. telling you, it will make a difference. It'll it's make good. a huge difference. Mm-hmm. It's good. I think the other thing that's really important as we go forward is that we, you know, especially when I'm talking to church leaders, I think one of the biggest issues that we face is that so often we're trying to treat the exterior things that we see as the result mm-hmm. of a heart issue. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually that's bigger. Good. So mm-hmm. when, the one thing I would agree with the LGBT community, on this mm-hmm. is that I do believe gender is an interior thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I think this is an interior thing. It's a heart issue. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the Bible has lots to say about a heart issue because people say, well, does the Bible have a lot to say about gender? It does. Mm-hmm. There's so much yeah. to be said about yeah. The, yeah. the heart of man. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, and so sometimes what we do is we, we deal with the appearance and the behavior mm-hmm. and we think, man, but those are symptoms, symptoms. of a deeper, yeah. Yeah. more, yeah. more, more, uh, a larger issue, which, which has to do with the heart. And so I would just say, you know, if I was recommending, you know, talking to somebody that, that, that has struggles, I'd say, you know, let's talk about where your heart is. Yeah. Let's talk about where that is. That's good. good. You know, and I would say if I was talking to church leaders who who church leaders, we face these things. That's true. Number one, I would, I would say, stick to the truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's important. You know, what does God actually say? Don't don't compromise the truth because you're wanting people to feel good about themselves. That's good. Um, good. Kindness is not greater than truth. Truth is still greater than kindness. Right. So sometimes we think, well, I'm being kind. I'm uh, listen, you, you don't want to pet somebody yeah. through a circumstance in their life where mm-hmm. God's calling them to repentance. You certainly don't want to be, you don't want to medicate them and make them comfortable yeah. Yeah. with the direction that God's trying to change in their life. Yeah. You're pushing I think, them towards destruction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think the second thing that's really important is that I think as, especially as, as Christians is we need to earn the right to speak into these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good. Um, it's really good. Tweets. Um, Facebook posts, uh, those kind of things. It's not really probably going to be the one that's no. going to win the victory. No. It's going to be real friendships. I had a, I had a man yeah. come to me a number yeah. of years ago. Um, he'd been a pastor. He'd been removed from from his position in his church because of a, a homosexual relationship he had with somebody actually within the church. And um, 
real frustrated and angry at the church. And he came to me and said, you know, I just want to know what you think about, you know, homosexuality. I want you to know what you, you think about sexuality and, and things. And he said, I want to hear where you're, where you're coming from at this church, you know. And he was just, he was just kind of gruff. And I just looked at him. I said, do you trust me? You know, I was, yeah, do you trust good. me? He said, uh, he said, well, he said, I don't hardly know you. I said, right. Mm. I said, so really what you want is you want to put me in a category. So what you're doing is you want to give me an answer and I'm either a hater or I'm a, I'm yeah. on your, on the fan club and you want to put me in one category or the other. I'm not really interested in being categorized. I'm not binary, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I said, so I don't, I don't want to give you that. I said, I said, so what would it take for you to trust me? So well, I don't know. I said, well, I do. It takes time. Yeah. yeah. It's going to take yeah, some time. It's take time. So yeah. here's what I'm willing to do. I'm willing to make an investment. In That's you good. as a person and earn the right to speak into your life truth. Mm-hmm. Because That's if you good. know that I care really about good. you, you're going to listen to what I have yeah, to say. Really you're going to know that I'm trying to guide you in a direction that, that you need to go. And we did. We built a relationship over a number of months. And, yeah. and uh, a few months later, he asked me the same question. I asked him, I said, do you trust me? He said, I think I kind of do. I said, well, <laughs> kind of might not get it. I said, I need, <laughs> I need you're going to have to. a little more now. So let's go a little longer. And eventually, you know, we sat down and had a conversation about what God says about about sexuality and about gender. And he listened. Um, he didn't like it necessarily, but he listened. And the reason why he listened is because I'd put in the energy and effort. The relationship. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so at that point, he knew I cared about him. Mm-hmm. You know, I was willing to care about you. Th- this is not an argument to be won over the Internet. This yeah. is this is going Absolutely. to be one of those things where we are willing to enter into the life with people and walk through dirty, difficult yeah. circumstances yeah. with mm-hmm. them and not treat the symptoms, but deal with the heart yeah. and understand not minimize feelings and yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, just sit down mm-hmm. and just go, hey, well, let's just talk it through. And, and knowing where our limitations are. Exactly. I'm limited in that I can't change the heart of a person. Mm-hmm. No. But here's what I can do. I can lead you to the one who does. That's Absolutely. Right. And that's so that's right. what's really important. So if you got somebody struggling with this, you're struggling with this and you're going, man, how can I be right with God? First of all, know God loves you. That's mm-hmm. that's number that's one. Right. No matter what. Um, and as you drive into that love, love work to love God back. Mm-hmm. You know, the, it, the, the question the questions being asked today is not whether God loves you. Right. You know, because people say, well, you know, how can, well, how can God love someone that's in that? Da-da-da? Oh, he can love them. I'll tell you how much 2000 oh, years ago on right. the ball side of a hill yeah. demonstrates how much God loved mm-hmm. people. Yeah, you're um, kidding. But th- what's the question is, is am I going to love God back to love God back means that there's going to be times I'm going to need to make a an alteration to my life and to my thinking and to my processes and to the path that I'm walking yeah. because he's asked me to. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I love him back. Jesus yeah. said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that you're going to walk in perfection. God, right. Jesus didn't say, I, I will love you if you keep my commandments. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And so one of the ways that we right. demonstrate love towards God is our obedience towards him. That's good. That means that there's times he's going to ask us to do things that we don't necessarily want to do. That's right. Um, but here's what I'll tell you. As you begin to walk in obedience, God makes a heart transformation in you. And what's, what's crazy is things that you didn't desire at one time, all of a sudden you begin That's to good. desire and they begin mm-hmm. to feed you and you begin to fall in love with them. That's doable. Plenty of people walk away from the LGBTQ community every single year. It's not publicized because mm-hmm. that's not popular. We see plenty of people yep. walk into a relationship with Jesus, walk Every out year. of a lifestyle, yep. and we watch God restore them, Every and we year. watch mm-hmm. God do something great in their life, and that's doable, and that's yes. possible, yep. and uh, but it has to exist in the atmosphere of truth and love. Yeah, truth is this is what God says. This is you know what God says about sexuality. It's established and it's true, but but love is we'll help you walk through it. Yeah, you don't have yep. to do it. You don't have to walk through it alone. Mm-hmm. You know, we're here together, um, and we all will walk with a limp. All of us have have <laughs> That's something. Right. You know? That's right. All born into sin. Yeah, every <laughs> single one of us. That's right. So.
Uh, is it what? What else? What have we? What have we missed, y'all? What? What is? Um. What is something maybe on this subject that we we didn't hit, didn't go over? Um. I know we're close on time. We got just a couple of minutes left. Um. I think you, when it comes to raising your children with mm. an identity in Christ, it starts when they're really, really young. Yeah. You know, it has to be something that is in your home from the very beginning. That's right. God's truth is the truth about our identity. That's right. And then over time that equips your children to be able to live in the world, but not be like the world. That's good. It's good. So good. You know, I want to say this and and our kind of jumping out of this. In no way could we in one hour cover every facet of what's no. going on in this. Um, but we wanted to start the conversation. And I think it's really important, you know, and I, I feel like that um, maybe some of you needed to hear it, needed mm-hmm. to hear what does God's word say. Um, we didn't want to say it in a confrontational way or a mean way. I mean, I, I feel like that our world is so contrasty between the antagonist and the synthesis. Everybody's like, I'm this side or whatever. Um, our desire is on the side of Jesus who loves the world and loves yeah. people and wants a relationship with all people. And that's, that's the truth. And he wants a relationship mm-hmm. with you. I mean, Absolutely. he does. He, he wants it so much that he gave his life for you. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, if we can help with that walk, we'd love to comments. We welcome them. Mm-hmm. It, you, you know what? You don't that's agree good. with us. Hey, that's cool. Leave a comment, <laughs> okay. drop a comment down there. <laughs> yeah. Listen, it's totally okay. It's conversation. Um, yeah. Conversation. We love, we that's love right. having the conversation. And you can say, Hey, what if, what about Would you all didn't say anything about it? Cause there's no way we can cover all things, but yeah. we would love to see it. We'd yeah, love to see what absolutely. you have to say. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, um, if we can extend that conversation or if we can help you or if we can walk with you, um, we would love to, um, if we can give advice, we'd love to do that. If we, you need counseling, we'd love to do that. However, however we can help you, we'd love to do that. So, um, I want to say this, um, God so loved the world that mm-hmm. he gave his son so that we all might have a relationship with him. That's huge, y'all. Yeah. It's really, really big. And he didn't give his son because um, he was an option. He gave his son because it was needed. A sacrifice had that's to be good. made because we'd mess some things up. And that's all of us, by the way. So just know this, that when you find yourself in um, a messed up situation, you got good company because humanity has been messed up situations <laughs> from the beginning. Um, but we have a really good God who loves us. And yeah. so, so my prayer for good. you is, is that you'll be encouraged this week. My prayer is that we've helped you kind of understand some things. If there's things we missed, leave us a comment. Um, we'll reply to those individually. But until the next time we have a chance to talk, I pray God blesses your life richly.